Oh, hey there, folks. This is Kate, and it is still raining, and I still have this nasty cold, so I don't sound great. But I'm jumping on to say this is part two with comic and financial analyst and teacher Steve Main, who is lovely and hilarious and is running shows all over London and is getting up and performing all over London and is very open and receptive to being on shows. So you should ask him to perform. He's very, very funny and totally knows how to work a room. I've had the pleasure of seeing Steve do stand-up and be hanging out with him, and he's very funny and super fun, and so, and he's a very patient man, God bless. It was very hard to get this meeting sorted because Zoom changed their rules right before we recorded, and he was a very patient man with all of that, too. Uh, and it is a rainy day in Los Angeles, and I thought, as I did last week, why not make it a recording outside so you can hear the rain? I hope it's really annoying in your ears and that you think this was a terrible choice, because even when I go back and listen in the edit, it's gone going to stay. <laughs> Thank you folks so much for listening. Let's get on with the show. The audio. Amazing. Okay, we're back. We're back. Thank you so much for being so patient with this. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. So let's get back to these questions. Okay. So we were just talking about how uh, Council House, let me get back to the, I'm just going to go back to these. Okay. So your favorite job you said was cocktail bartending at the music venue, which is obvious. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was the best job. That okay. was the best job. Um, but another good story from that. Um, the Brixton Academy is a big music venue in England. So most bands would play Brixton Academy. Like the Rolling Stones did a little, did a little concert there. But like all the acts as they're on their way up. I saw Radiohead there, Smashing Pumpkins there. Um, like those types of bands. Like that's where you go to see them. And the guy who ran the bars in the music venue was the bar manager there beforehand. And there's a famous Irish band called The Pokes. They do the song Fairy Tale of New York. Um, Shane McGowan's the lead singer. Famous Irish band. I'm sure all your Irish listeners will know exactly who they are. But Shane McGowan is a poet in the truest sense, but also a degenerate drunk. An Irish? What? <laughs> that's that's yeah, crazy. Who, who, who would have thought it? Who, who would have thought it? And he wasn't allowed... He wasn't allowed to get drunk before he went on stage. But it didn't mean he couldn't drink. But in the rider, do you know what Shinzanu is? Shinzanu is like a strange like martini drink. I think it's like 125 or 17%. It's like fortified wine. Wow. And they use it, they use it in making cocktails. And But they they asked for miniatures only. You know the little miniatures you yeah. get in like aeroplanes? And they explained it to me. is because the guy just drinks. But because it takes him time to open all the individual miniatures... It slows him down drinking so he can get on stage. And they had this brilliant, they had this giant Christmas hit called Fairy Tale of New York, which you definitely would have been heard. You definitely would have heard if you'd ever been alive during Christmas. It's like one of those massive, massive songs. And so they always played this venue at, at Christmas. And the band have turned up after about 45 minutes. The managers come running out and screaming at this bar manager. And he was like, what the fuck have you done to Shane? Why didn't you just follow the fucking rules? And they're like, we thought we did. We put a bottle of Shinzani there. But they put a liter and a half bottle. And he's gone, he's drunk it. The whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing. Like, this is him telling me the story. So I appreciate there might be a bit of Chinese whispers, but let's make the story as fun as possible, right? And he's nailed the whole bottle. And they're like, little bottles. Has to unscrew the tops to each of them. Oh, my gosh. And so that was, okay, so that that obviously those are your favorites. What? Yeah, yeah, so it, it was it was just the most fun. And it's also that point in your life when you're studying and like you don't really have any cares in the world. You mm -hmm. get your money, you pay your rent, you buy booze, you make cocktails, try to impress chicks. 
that type of thing. Like you don't have any cares in the world. That is the best time. That's the best time. Lather, and lather, rinse, repeat. You just get to keep living your life like that. Oh, what a pray. You don't even know you're in. Like I know everyone says this and I'm going to sound like such a boomer, but you don't know you're in the best, most delicious moments of your life because you're too busy being drunk during them. But like you are. But you feel invincible as yes. well because you're like, you don't even know what a hangover really is yet. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. And you're, and you're like, my life has basically just started. I am so in, I'm going to live forever. Like this is yeah. such a good look. And then you start, yeah, and then that's, then that changes. Anyway, okay, so what was your least favorite of all of the customer service oh, jobs? Easy, least favorite job. Oh, we forgot to mention this, right? I hated this job so much. When you asked me to list jobs, I, I took it out of my brain. Wow. But I was a checkout guy in a supermarket, and I hated that job more than life itself because you weren't allowed to talk to the customers. What? You've only got yeah, they said like like don't talk to the customers. This was a big company as well, one of like the major major UK chains. And but I, I couldn't amuse myself. I, it was just you know. Beep, beep, I don't beep. understand the mentality of not speaking to to customers. No, but you, you weren't supposed because you you would slow things down. And so I would try to get the beeps to like do come as you are. <laughs> Um, obviously, like like the tempo, you couldn't change the pitch. Sure. And I and I talked to people and stuff, and oh, I hated that job. I just I just never went back. I don't even think like, I just never went back. They, they're still waiting for me. <laughs> I bet they are. How many? Sh- wait, how long did you actually work there? Oh, I, I might have done three shifts in total. I hated. Ev- I would have had to been stacking the shelves. Right, because then at least it, someone could potentially ask you a question and acknowledge that you're a human. Like, you could start the shit of stone though, couldn't you? So, yeah, I bet. <laughs> you, could have got, you could have got through. You could have got through the day easier. But oh my god, yeah! Like anyone who works, I am so nice to anyone on a checkout. I bet you are. I'm the nicest person because that job. You only do that job if you, you can't do anything else. Oh. That job has to fit in with the rest of your life. That is a job you are only doing for the paycheck, and the paycheck is appalling. Oh yeah, I, I feel sorry for anybody who needs to do that job. That's so brutal. It's just so yeah. like the, the it's making me have a visceral response because I just my trigger point with this shit is like if you treat me as less than much like you've shared earlier, someone like with the car stereo thing, someone yeah. just literally assuming because of the badge on your shirt or the outfit you're in or whatever that you just can't understand high concept interactions with people and they have to just brush you aside as if you're dust. That makes me. I'll lean into it. I I'm so petty that I'll start like, I'll change my tone and I'll be like, Oh my God, like, I don't know how to do it. Cause I'm just, I get mad, but I get that stuff drives me so insane. I can see why you quit. Cause you're just, no, it's and, and also people, like, if you're being paid minimum wage, I'm going to give you minimum care mm. right now. Like, like, I take pride in jobs. I do. If someone's going to be nice to me, just as a human being, I want to be nice to you back. But if you're being anything less than cordial to me, I'm getting paid nothing to put up with you. So I'm going to go and check in the back to see if it's in the back. And I want to be there for 20 minutes. And I know it's not in the back, but making you wait for 20 minutes makes me feel happier about myself. And I know that's a bit petty, but I've only done that because you've been a dick to me. Right. 
And that's how you sort of manage your fiefdom. It also is how you keep yourself sane in those jobs. I mean, I yeah. it's been shared on this show multiple times, people saying, oh yeah, I'm going to go look for this thing. And some people have shared, shout out to Ithamar Enriquez, he shared that there were times when he would go back knowing that that pair of jeans was in the back, but he was just so grossed out by how he was treated that he would just come back and say, sorry, we don't have that. Like, don't know what to do for you. And that's the stuff where it's like, yeah, it's against corporate policy. Yeah, you should say the thing exists because that's what you're paid to do, but you're not paid to be a doormat. So as soon as they yeah. establish they're going to treat you like that, nope, you don't get access. When I was teaching some of the families, like most of the families I worked for are lovely, but there were some that were just horrible. And um, I remember one clicks at me and called me staff. No, 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 no. I've been clicked at twice. I've been clicked at twice. A student did it. And I went, if you click your fingers to me again, I'm going to break your fingers. Good for you, Steve. He was like, like, what? And I was like, if you click your fingers at me again, I'm just going to snap your fingers. Like, off. I'll break them off your hand. (laughs) Obviously, I wouldn't have done that. Of course. And he was like, you can't talk to me like that. And I went, I can talk to you however I want. And he went, right. And he went and got his dad. And it was a Russian family. Russian dad, you do not mess with, right? Yeah. And he came in and he went, what happened? I went, your son clicks his fingers at me. If he disrespects me like that again, when I am his teacher, I will break his fingers. You just repeated a- what you said. I'm so impressed. I'm but, so impressed. The Russian dad then shouted at the kid in Russian. The, the, he then apologized to me. And then I started teaching him more. Amazing. And so what you had established, though, that you were the yeah. alpha. And I bet the kid never snapped no. at you again. No, nope, never. Because they're so used to pushing about their stuff. Wow. That as soon as you establish no, that no, you have a self I don't need to be here. I was like, I don't need to be here. Your parents have hired me to help you. Yeah, I will help you if you are nice to me. And we don't start with click things. But a, another family did that to me. And I'd been introduced to them from another like, wealthy family. And they literally went, click their fingers, start. And they went, how much do you get paid an hour? And I just trebled my fear in my head and said it. And they went, okay, then just counted off this money and gave it to me. And mm-hmm. I was like, because you're such a dick. I will put up with you being an asshole to me, but you've got to pay me a bit more money. Like everyone's got their grade. Wait, I don't, I'm not tracking the story. So what happened was they snapped at you. They said, staff, come here. How much yeah, are you so getting literally paid? They were like, so I finished the lesson and I was like waiting. I was like waiting for the parents to come in. Yeah. But instead of the parents coming in the room, I just heard staff here. And they're referring to me. And I had to go into this person's office and they were like, oh, how much are you an hour? And I tripled my fee. Oh, I get it. So like if you were getting paid 10, you're like, I'm getting paid 30 pounds an hour. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Because they've just been so rude. I was like, if they pay me, I'll turn up. If they go, that was expensive for a lesson. At least they've like, been charged for being so rude to me. But they didn't even realize I like kept just teaching the kid for ages. So they would write you a personal check because you had mentioned that you used an they agency. Pay in cash. You just you just declare your earnings. But yeah, so they, they would pay me in cash at the end of the lesson. But so you were, but the agency would would staff like the agency yeah. would give you the I access would, to the house. No, sorry, I, I uh, maybe it just didn't come across on the Zoom well. I was introduced to this family by a family I was already teaching. Oh, you said that. I'm so sorry. Okay. Okay. So it was just complete private work. And um, they were for business. They were only here for about four months. Okay. So because sometimes how with staffing agencies in the States, the way that it works is if you are with a staffing agency, whatever the job is that they're putting you in, you absolutely are in violation of your contract with them if you do any anything outside of the agency. So in this case, like because you took a private tutoring client, that would get you fired from the agency over here. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know all the different contracts with agencies, but like, like it's agency work. So I'm signed up to loads of different agencies, and there's no problem with that. Oh, okay. So there's no clause of like you can't when this family wants to hire you privately, you can't do it. No, if um, if if the agency introduces you to a family and then you like start working for them privately, that's different. I'd never do that because you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. That's just bad business. Sure, sure. But if people, yeah, but you know, if you're teaching, you know. John and John's friend Dave is also having problem with maths and they're like, go and teach Dave. Then I'm just going to work directly with the new family. I don't think that's got anything to do with the agency. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. The so original you, family I was introduced by the agency, obviously that would always be through the agency and done properly. So you couldn't, that would be a family you'd have to get paid through the agency. So they wouldn't give you cash after the lesson. No, 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 no. So that would get invoiced through the agency. Then the invoice, then, okay. then if they introduce you to somebody, then yeah, you would just deal with them directly. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So that was your, so least favorite was, wait, I'm, I'm getting our story. Least favorite, least favorite was, was, was the checkout, checkout boy. boy. Yeah. So, so least favorite, so most favorite job was working in cocktail, was working a bar, bar in a music venue. Least favorite job was a checkout boy. That was terrible. Um, the rudest people have been to me whilst I've been in customer service. Were the snappers. Um, yeah. Were the snappers. Obviously, the guy in the car stereos was a bit of a dick. Was well, was a dick, but I got my own back on them. You sure did. In like, I think a nicer way than just charging them more money. Yeah. But you're amazed. You're amazed how people can treat you badly, especially when you're a waiter. Like people who treat waiters badly, you, you are imbeciles. You are imbeciles because it's not my restaurant. I don't care if you don't pay the bill. I don't care if you complain. But if you moan about something, the food, I haven't cooked the food. I am not the chef. Why are you telling me off about it? Like some people don't get this. They're like, you go and fix it. I'm like, I don't know how to cook this. Like well, ask me nicely and I'll tell the chef. And that's the thing too. I mean, and this is more vindictive. It shows how nice of a person you are that your brain didn't go here. But where I think, and I wouldn't do this, but I think I'm touching your food that's about to go into your body before you put it inside of your body. If you're a piece of shit to me, it's real tempting to make that food a little grosser than you would have anticipated without you even being able to know. And like, yeah. that's when it's really dumb. I, well, I don't know how, how many food stories have you already had on your podcast. Not Maybe many. To, right. But I've seen chefs do things to food that you would be like, I don't want to upset that. I don't want to please upset tell, that. please tell. I won't, like, I won't say anything too gross, but things have been seasoned with seasoned with pubic hairs. Like, like frequently because if you're putting something under a grill anyway it just burns off so it's kind of more like fuck you that type of thing like food being spat on is just common like if you're rude to somebody expect your food to be spat on like that's just going to happen yep um i had uh, I've, I've heard of heard of rumored rumored um steaks being put around toilet bowls before being cooked and um, given to area managers who have been very rude to cooking staff are you kidding me? I mean, well, I guess if you, but if it's before it's cooked, it's going to yeah. So it's just like an extra crunchy seasoning. Oh, that yeah. makes me want to get sick. You know, yeah. But, but you know, but, but one has been told and it might have happened that that was done mm. and you know, it's done and you can watch them eat at every bite. And then when you take their plate away and you look at them and go, did you enjoy that? And they have to look at you and go, yeah, that was lovely. Inside your heart is dancing. <laughs> Oh, that makes so you would so you saw chefs do stuff like that. Were you yeah, ever yeah. tempted, or are you willing to tell on yourself? Were you ever in a position where you no, were if like, if I had, uh, if I had, I would tell you. The only um, 
when people were like got overly drunk in bars, Ugh. you would do things. Yeah, like you, like their drink suddenly wouldn't be as strong. That's right, but that's yeah, safety. That's not. Yeah, but they're still being being charged for like a strong drink. Something that happened in London frequently, like gin and tonics are quite common drink here. So they would fill a saucer up with gin. So you'd have a saucer, and then they'll just put the top of the glass in. Yep. And then fill the glass up with tonic and ice. And the first thing they hit is the gin on their lip. So they think this is a strong drink. They're just drinking tonic water. We've done the version of that that we do here, or that's the bartender trick. Um, that I'm every bartender gets so mad. I'm sharing this. We take the straw. We put a little bit in a shot glass. We take the straw and we dip the straw and we top the put our finger on the top so that the li- the liquor stays in the straw. Yeah. Then we put the straw in the drink so that the first thing. So it's essentially the yeah. exact same thing. So that they're like, oh shit, this is really strong. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a common trick. But that's safety. I don't think that's petty. I think that's like I don't want to overserve this person and they're gonna be crazy if I cut them off. So let's just leave it at this. The England for a nation of people who drink all the time, some of us are very bad at it. And there's like no worse like Christmas parties that I would never go to. Like, you know, like the office Christmas parties. Yeah. Because like then there's like part time drivers, like part time drinkers are worse. Yeah. Because they just don't understand what's happening. Yeah. And like the fights you'd see at Christmas parties and they were terrible. And you just never, you'd go have one drink, show your face, say hello to everybody. Then I'll just go and see my friends. I had zero interest in being there. Did you ever see a crazy fight as a bartender where you were like, you had to get involved? Oh, I, uh, I saw a couple this, this, the stupidest thing I ever saw, which was a shame because it was a gay night. Um, so in the, in the, you know, in London where the rail arches are, they now put, they now put clubs in. So explain that to people who haven't been there. Okay, so so if you imagine a giant rail arch, they're like these big structures. So they effectively like border up either side of the rail arch, and they turn it into a space that can be used. So for people who are, I'm going to translate. So where the trains come in, there's like, is that yeah. that? So it's like a covering. Like the, yeah, so like the bridge part, you know, the actual arch, so the train goes on top. That's cool. And there's the same structure. So they would so literally they, build out into the the structure yeah. on the side. That's cool. Yeah. And so they would have like the late night clubs there because you're not disturbing anybody. Like the train doesn't care. And I was doing, so the gay nights are the best, generally speaking, they're the best nights to act. I'm not saying gay people in gay nights don't have fights, but in my experience, they were always the best nights to work. Same. And yeah, but um, a guy was doing like lines of ketamine on the bar in front of me. Mm. And I was like, dude, you cannot do drugs in front of me at the bar. Yeah. Can't you just go to the bathroom like everybody else? Like literally like, everyone else here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, no, you can't do lines of drugs on the bar in front of me. I have to kick you out. Like, I can't let you stay here. That's ridiculous. And um, whilst they were carrying out, he asked for his drugs back, which I thought was like the sweetest thing ever. That is a bit like, sweet. Oh, I just go. And I'm like, no, we can't give them back to you. So. We He's shared like, those among the staff. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can't give you the ketamine. It's up our noses. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Nay, we say to the horses. The <laughs> but you didn't have to, you had to kick him out, but there wasn't like, yeah, was there uh, a... Yeah, I, I, I never, they're, they're, pra- they're trained security people for that. Sure. And that's the yeah, thing that's, I like that in London. I noticed this, that all of the security guards on their arms had this like little card. And I asked... Yeah, I yeah, it's the registration, I guess, to prove that you've gone through the training and that you actually are a security guard. And so that it's yeah, like, think, go ahead. I think it's called SIA. Um, like, yeah, and they were, it's like this blue card. So outside any bar, anywhere that's busy in London, they'll, they'll have these people and they're like the official trained people that can break up fights and kick people out. Famously, um, 
there was a, there's a boxer in England called Julius Francis. He's most famous for being knocked out by Mike Tyson. Oh wow! Quickly as well, yeah. And um, he's now a bouncer, and he knocked somebody out about three months ago. You can watch it on YouTube. And what the and the, the, the venue stood up for him. He's been reinstated. There's been no police action. But as you've ever seen in any bar fight, there's normally like three or four little people starting trouble, and one of them puts their hands up. Now, in England, if you put your hands up, you can then instantly defend yourself. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like if you feel you're under threat, you can attack them back. If they're going to punch you, you can't stab them or shoot them, but sure. you can take reasonable action. And so the, all the so all of the bouncers are helping get out this group of kids. I think there's like three or four of them. And you can't see what happens inside the venue. You can see what happens outside the venue. And they're all being quite chirpsy, you know, being rude to the bouncers. Come on then. If you weren't wearing that jacket, I would have you and all that rubbish drunk people say. And the guy's like looks like he's throwing a punch at this bouncer who was an ex heavyweight boxer who fought Mike Tyson and the boxer just clocks him and he is out cold. Cold, cold, cold. And then all of a sudden all his mates who are the toughest men in the world are like, Why'd you do that? Why have you hurt him? He didn't cause any trouble. And I'm like, You fucking morons. Like like you were causing trouble. He didn't want to punch you. But he had to. You forced his hand. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you're the nicest person in the world. And that happens a lot in fights if you've ever been in that type of industry. All of a sudden the people with the loudest mouths become very, very quiet actually when something happens. Yeah. But let's go and have fun. Go out and have fun. People get into fights. I don't understand. Okay, so you, but you personally, from a fighting standpoint, the the most you saw was the the bar ketamine where you had to kick. Yeah, out. the bar ketamine. You would see like you'd obviously see like like, like drunk people being sure. escorted out to leave, and there might be some verbals, as we would say. They might have thrown in some your mums, that type of thing, and worse. But yeah, nothing. Uh, yeah, no no chairs being thrown. Not okay. not in a bar. I saw a boxing fight once. Did you? Like, there was a riot in the crowd, yeah. And they were throwing chairs at each other and stuff. That was like at a bar? No, that was that was at like a boxing event. Oh, a true boxing event. Oh, got it. Yeah, got it. Was a proper boxing event where there were people properly boxing. There was a guy from Liverpool fighting a guy from Manchester. And I don't know how much your audience know about UK sports, but Liverpool versus a Manchester football team, either City or United, that's a big game. That's a big game. And the fans, English football fans are well known for being calm, peaceful, fun-loving individuals. <laughs> Definitely never had any violence there. And Manchester kind of fire fighting, and they've got the football chants are happening and all the crowd intermingled. Someone threw a chair, three chairs got thrown back, five chairs went there, and we're sitting on the other side, thankfully, of this venue, and it's just a cascade of chairs. Right <laughs> and we're like, why are we here? What are we why doing? Are we yeah, as far away from the place as possible. Okay, what's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst you were on the clock? Um, hmm. Well, I suppose apart from give somebody's ketamine back. That's, that a bit, that's, that's up there. That's up there. That is, that is, that's a bizarre thing. That's Nothing oddly weird has ever really been asked of me, but I've had some very weird experiences whilst being a customer. And so I thought I could tell you this story Please. if you'd like. Yeah, yeah. When I was courting my lady wife, we used to like going to nice restaurants. That was like our thing. That's what we did once a month. We'd go to a nice restaurant. And we were at, at the time, it was voted like London's best restaurant in a posh hotel close to Harrods. Um, I won't say exactly what it was. But we I must have been like 29 maybe when I went. So my now wife would have been like 30. And we were the youngest people in there by like 20 years. And it was one of those quiet, quiet, 
like dining rooms where like you're scared to think too loud because people <laughs> you might offend their <laughs> sensibilities yeah okay and we're sitting down and like you have the tasting menu at these places you're like chef show me what you can do and that gets paired with tasting wines and at the time i, I had a nice job so we were there i'd got like a concierge service to get me the table we had a nice table that type of thing and this uh, trust a trust fund baby is how i've been told is the best way to describe it to an american audience yep you know, the people who've got a fake job their family have given them just to keep them out the way. That's exactly yeah, what a trust fund baby is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I call them a chinless wonder. These guys really, really large. Yeah. They've got nothing. They've got, yeah. And he's walked in. He's walked in with two um, Eastern European girls. And I've gone to my wife. I've gone, they're working. Girls. Yep. 100%. She's gone, no. Like, my wife is square with rounded edges. Like, she is... <laughs> Like, like, she's yin to my yang. We are the most different people in the world. And she's gone, she's gone, nobody's going to bring, like, two working girls to this, this is an incredibly expensive restaurant. And I'm like, they won't order the tasting menu and they definitely won't be in here for their main course. Mm -mm. Right? Right? Because nobody's paying that much money for this. This is impossible. This guy's the loudest, like, in this room, which is so quiet. He's suddenly so loud. He's like, Margie, Margie, please now, Margie on the table, Margie all round for the girls. So like bottles of Margot, which is like incredibly expensive. Oh, see, I was thinking margarita. Okay, so bottles of Margot. Margot. Okay, got it. It's crazy expensive, like sold at Sotheby's point. Okay. Right. And then the waiter comes over, they order the tasting menu. And my wife's like, told you, I told you. And I was like, five minutes, five minutes. That's all we have to wait. So we're having like the cheese course. The person's like, push this cheese trolley over. And we've heard from this guy, what? You're really sisters? Woof. He actually woofed. Actually went <laughs> woof. And he's gone, we'll have the food upstairs in the suite. Pass out the Margie, right? As in pass out to everybody. This guy, this waiter has looked at me and he's gone, sir, I've worked in the catering industry for 30 years. And that's the most bizarre family dynamic I've ever come across. <laughs> that's amazing what a what a beautifully british thing to say to totally cut that guy at the knees without cutting him at the knees that's amazing i love it and so when i had to think of something weird i I, it didn't happen i was in the restaurant when that happened yep and that's the weirdest thing i've ever experienced in any customer service environment so i I I love that story. That's amazing. Okay. So did they, well, I have to know. So did they get it like in a to-go box and they went up to the suite? Yeah, it, was, it was in a five-star hotel that would just have had the had sent up on room service. Oh, sure. Who gets, a, who gets a, 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 a meal that is that expensive sent up to the room? Like 90% of the experience is you're meant to be in the rest. A guy who hires working girls and brings them to that restaurant. Got it. Got it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, maybe, yeah. Like he just went, obviously wanted to feel like king for the evening. I mean, and if you've got unlimited daddy's money you can get people to call you daddy for money i suppose turns out you can okay um was there ever an incident where they asked to speak to your manager because of something you had done in any of these i mean obviously we have the story of the kid who snapped at you and like yeah so they're they're those two stories so um yeah they're the ones i was thinking about that that's that's what happened so when you bartended and waited tables there was never a time when someone you You were waiting on was like i want to talk to someone above you not really, not really. That only ever happened when I was selling the cast areas, mm-hmm. or like the kids, or their parents. But something. There's another story. There's another Russian story um, where I had to talk to the parent, 
And most people in London, that's why I'm unique, aren't from London. Everyone like travels. And I was, I was teaching a foreign national and the dad didn't speak the language. So I'm explaining, so I've got to explain to the dad via the child I'm teaching is like what's happening. So I'm going like, your son hasn't put any effort in at school. He's very behind on his chemistry and on his mathematics. And he needs to work much harder. It doesn't matter how good the teaching or schooling is. If he doesn't put in the effort, he isn't going to pass. And he's now translated that to the dad, who has now started smiling and is being really happy. And I'm like, no, bad, 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 bad. The kid, right, was saying, like, going, oh, this, the tutor says I'm brilliant. I don't need any lessons. Right, please buy me a PlayStation Five and some new Yeezys because I'm doing so well. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that kid's brilliant. What a I what know, a grift! Right, and I said to the kid, I was like, if you put that much effort and like like spark of inspiration into your actual work, you would just pass. Like, why why are you making this more difficult on yourself? Unreal, unreal. So how do you how did you get that sorted? Where you were like, no, no. Besides oh, I, being that was an agency job. And so obviously people at the agency spoke the correct language to talk to the dad. So that I phoned up the agency and I was like, this has happened and this is absolute <laughs> doolally bunkers. So you've got to phone up and explain it to them. The next time I went there, the son was like dragged out. Ooh! And then the dad was like talking to me via him. And he was like, I'm very sorry this happened. <laughs> like, That's amazing. Yeah, as so I like spun it around, I was like, clearly you've got something. You've got a spark of something that's happening. Yeah, you're not so just, dumb. Just do your work and pass it. Yeah. Okay. Do you have an equivalent? I know that Yelp kind of exists in the UK and that there's equivalents to like people being able to write reviews online and stuff. Has that, has a situation where someone wrote a review about you specifically, has that affected any of your jobs? No, no. Generally speaking, I always have quite good reviews because I try my best to work hard, but. We've, we've left some bad ones. You've left some bad ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've left, I've left bad reviews if people are terrible. I think you've got it. Wait, so what, 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 what would trigger you into writing a bad review? Right, so generally speaking, you know, if, if you're a customer at a restaurant or a bar, it's generally very unlikely it's actually your servers who are doing anything wrong. That's right. Nine times out of ten, especially in England at the moment, they're just understaffed. They just don't have enough hands to do what they need to do. And so, especially when you've worked, if you've been the other side of the table, been the other side of the bar, you can understand if someone's working hard, but they've just been set up to lose by their boss. And I'm sure loads of people have spoken to you about this. But generally speaking, if, we, if I write bad reviews, it's because of that, and it's always directed straight at the management. Mm. Yes, you had to wait 25 minutes for, you know, to have a drink order taken, not even, like, served. Oof. Maybe if there was more than two members of staff in your bar on a Sunday when there are a hundred covers for Sunday lunch. Sunday lunch is a big thing in England. I don't know if it's a big big thing in America. Do you have? We have brunch. Yeah, it's a, but it's... Yeah, it's a big thing. So it's like Sunday lunch is a big thing. You always go out with your family, that type of thing. And so there could be 50, 100 people in this restaurant. They've got two, they've got two people serving. They might have one person in the kitchen. So like you're emailing the management. You're like, you're dicks, managers. Yeah, like, this is on this you guys. Happened. Yeah. Yeah, this happened, but your staff were brilliant. They did the best they can. Help your staff. And then the stupid thing is, is that you then get a free meal because they're apologizing. And it's like, no, that's and not my we, point. <laughs> yeah, and then and then so you go back and they've still only got two members of staff. So exactly the same thing happens again. I'm telling you what's wrong. Yeah. Right? 
yeah. hire another member of staff. That's it, Just full stop. Work. Yeah. That's it. Lots of people need jobs. Hire them, yeah. So in any of these jobs, what was the last straw that got you out? Besides, I mean, we know for the the grocery job, it was just like, they're not, no one can, I can't speak to anyone. But was there a last straw where you were like, burn this place down, I'm out so fast? I think like, right, so this is just a general rule for me with any job, right? There's always going to be some days you wake up and you're like, don't want to go to work. (laughs) I think that's that's just human. That's just human. Right. But for me, if that happens every day in the same week mm. where I'm like, I would, I would prefer to be anywhere in the world apart from at this desk, behind the bar, you know, at the same like comedy venue. Like, I just won't do it. Like, if I feel like Dante could write an Italian poem about <laughs> where I am, right, <laughs> then I know I, I, I have to leave. I just have to leave. And... Like, um, especially some of like the jobs in the city, you walk in and everyone's like that super, um, that super aggressive male testosterone, and they're like powered by, you know, Colombian Red Bull. And, (laughs) (laughs) and you're like, you're like, right, well, I want to go down the crossroads and I want to find Robert Johnson and sell my soul, or I'm (laughs) fucking out of here. Like, (laughs) Okay. So like, there's, yeah, there's there's been those types of incidences, but yeah, I I think you need to know in yourself. You need to be a, you need to understand yourself well enough to know what you can and can't do. That's right. And to get to that breaking point, thankfully, I've never needed to be. There. I've been close. The incident with the kid when I was having a go at the um, at the uh, lady English teacher who was also like she was older than me. She was like a like from an outside perspective, it would look like a young kid having a go at a much older woman and. That isn't that isn't allowed in my book. Yeah, but yeah, I don't I, I don't like those things. Other things, where I'm like, I don't know if I should be doing this. Anymore. Yeah, but thank due to the types of jobs I've had. If you have one terrible student and that doesn't work, you can concentrate on the other three or four. If you have one bad gig, you're like, right, why did that gig go bad? Was it just I was having a bad night? Did I change my order of jokes? Was I just doing all new jokes and I hadn't tried them before? Like generally, I kind of take the responsibility, figure out where I went wrong, and then try to go again. I love that. Okay. Okay. So, right. So earlier we're talking. We're talking about tipping, and there's the, the thing worse than no tip, which is like like the coppers in your pocket. So so the same the same dinner as the uh, chinless wonder disappearing upstairs with his uh, what your really sisters woof um, happened. So the bill has come. The check. The checks come. And they've charged for three people as opposed to two. Because tasting menu, yep. tasting wine. But instead of two, they've clicked three, which very small mistake, but very noticeable on a bill, obviously. So I've literally looked at it, given it back, I've gone, there's a problem with this. Like, pretty cool. I think there's a problem with this. Like, as in, someone's made a mistake, why don't you go and fix it type of thing? He's come back and told me there isn't a mistake. And I was like, okay. And when you look at it, it literally says three times, um, three times set mill, three times tasting wine. And I went, how many people are at the table? <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that. Like, yeah. come on, bro, you can see us. Right. Uh, and he's gone, oh, there are two. And I went, so, so do you want to fix the bill? He's come back and told me. <laughs> I was like, right, there's two of us. You've charged us for three. Can you please correct the bill? 
He's then come back and just like drops the thing. Like not been nice. Like I I haven't done anything wrong. I've been every option here. Like to be nice. I'm assuming the Chinless Wonder has really pissed this guy off. Right? Something has happened there. Right? So I've come. He's come back um, with the card machine to pay, and I've like gone. I'm not paying any service charge. Good for you. Right? I'm just not paying because like you've been so rude. I'm not paying. You haven't like come over and apologized or like just gone. Oh, that I'm really sorry. We just fixed it on the machine wrong and just been a normal human being about it. So I just crossed it off and they've gone, oh, and I was like, no, it's, it, I don't have to pay this. I've crossed it off. And then I've literally got out of my pocket like 17 pence and put it down and walked out. <laughs> oh, Steve. I mean. I'm like, I'm like, I don't mean to be odd, but if I give you ample opportunity to correct your mistake and it's such an obvious, easy mistake and you're taking, like, all you needed to say was, oh, that I'm really sorry. We just didn't notice. Did you notice the mad, crazy person here with two prostitutes earlier? I would have gone, yeah, that's the greatest story ever. I'm telling that story to the day I died, <laughs> right? And, and we would have had no sign about it. No one would have cared, and it would have been great. But, um, yeah, it, that was a very odd experience. But um, when I worked in the city, when I was trading, I used to do the UK and the US markets. So that's like quite a long day of trading. And as you have met me, I generally wear ripped jeans, a band T-shirt, and like a hoodie. And so that's just what I wore to work. If I was like, had to meet a client or something, yeah, I'd put a suit on, obviously. But if I'm sitting staring at a computer all day, I'm just going to feel comfortable. I just want to do my job. And like all good men, I buy my Christmas presents the day before Christmas Eve. <laughs> like, and this is logical. And I don't think many people understand that the, the succinct logic behind this is because there's less stuff to choose from. Makes it easier. And so it make, makes it easier, clearing. Um, and so I've gone to a, a posh part of London. I've gone, to, I've gone to Bond Street, which is like a nice, nice part of London where they had the lovely like Italian designer shops and everything. I won't say what the shop was called. I might give it away by what we were buying, but um, I won't say what it was. And so I've walked in and I'm wearing a Nirvana smiley T-shirt. Do you remember those? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got ripped jeans. I'm wearing a battered leather jacket because as everyone knows, leather jackets that brilliant the day you buy them and the day they fall apart everything between then is just on its journey to awesomeness <laughs> and i i've obviously been out a few nights in a row i'm looking terrible and i am in the poshest of the poshest shop i'm getting my mum my sister and uh, we were engaged at the time i think maybe or just about to be engaged um like a present and so i'm in this very expensive purse and handbag shop. You're, you call purses and handbags different things. Yeah, we call per, uh, a purse and then you guys call it uh, like a wallet for us or like a checkbook. You guys call something else too. I think a cl- we, we say handbag. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, so, a, so, a purse in, so a purse in England is like what you put your notes in and your credit cards. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. And a handbag is what you put your purse in. Got it. Uh, Got it. Right. So I am buying, I am buying a mixture of purses and handbags. And they've gone, oh, what ones are you looking at, sir? And I've like pointed at like three just behind the counter. How much are you looking to spend? And I'm like, I don't know. How much are like, they? Those, I, I, I don't know. Those three. And they've gone, and they're, but they're very expensive. So This is this gone, pretty woman moment where you're like, yeah, I got yeah. the money, bro. I look haggard, but like, yeah. just let me oh, pay yeah, for yeah, this. Yeah. Right. And I've gone, I've gone, okay. Um, but can I see those? Can I just see those three? Is, is that okay? And they've gone, but sir, they are very expensive. Oh my gone, God. I'm okay. I've gone, okay, that's fine. Are you going to let me look 
at the three handbags or not. And they've gone, they are very expensive. Oh my. And at, at, at the time, like the bellend prick city worker I was, <laughs> I had one of those shiny credit cards that didn't have a limit on. So I've taken it out of my decrepit jeans and I've gone, do these fit in those purses? Oh, I love that line so much. Right. And the person's looked at me and gone, I'm so terribly sorry. Of course you can look at them. And I've gone, you can shove those up your fucking ass. Do you get paid on commission? And they've gone, yeah. I've walked over the road to the equally expensive and exclusive shop. I bought everything there. They were lovely. They didn't care what I looked like. I walked back into the shop. And I've gone, Merry fucking Christmas, <laughs> bitches. What's up? That is literally in the plot of Pretty Woman. Like, I'm so impressed. Like, do your work on commission. Big mistake. Huge. Like, yeah. I love that you... So they yeah. kept insisting these are really expensive. Now, look... Really, for, how, much, yeah, how much are you looking to spend? I don't know yet. I will just buy what I'd like. Here's um, the thing, and that's such a... expensive. I know they're expensive because I went... I, well, I actually go... I know... I would hope they're expensive. I'm in, insert, very exclusive French-made handbag shop. Um, I would hope they're expensive. That's why I'm in here. Well, and here's my thing. Like, I understand from their perspective, okay, look, if this this dude is trying to flex or maybe he's, like, been out for three days and maybe he's drunk coming in here, we want to be careful. No, I wasn't drunk. I, I left work. But um, so you finish work early on, on those days just because, like, the American markets start closing. Sure. You can finish early. You don't have any positions open. No one trades over Christmas. Well, so, and- and that's my thing is like, by the second time you were like, can I see it? They had yeah. to, it would have been in their best interest to be like, this dude probably can afford this. Like, he's probably not going to grab these and run out the door. Like, it's a weird, because why would you have insisted? Like, yeah, they, I, I was very lucky when I worked in the city, when I had private clients, I worked with a, a very wealthy guy from Ireland. He was probably in like the top 10 richest people in Ireland. And when he would travel to see me, he would have the cheapest flight, stay in like the most reasonable hotel. We would go out to crazy places because he liked to have some fun. Um, you know, like go to nice meals and nice drinks and that type of thing. And he was always he would just always tell me, he's like, what do I need to prove? I don't need to show anybody. That's right. I, if I'm walking down the street, I don't want to look like a tug. I don't need to show off. I don't need to pull up in a chauffeur-driven Rolls Royce. I don't need a private plane. I could have one. When he travels with his family, he always said he traveled first class because it was easier. Yeah. He's going to travel first like life's just easier. So yeah, we do that then, obviously. He's going to be, if it's just me, I come to Ireland, to London all the time. Like, I just get a 50 quid flight. Yeah, who like, cares? What difference you make? Like, right, I'm, I'm here to do something and then I go home. And so like, he was the one who was like, like taught you, is like, you don't need to have all of these material things. Just concentrate on your job, be good at your job. And like, those things will come. You don't need to show off what you are. Mm. And, um, yeah, and so that so that was like going through my mind. But in the end, you're like, I'm tired. I need to buy these people presents, otherwise it's going to be a horrible Christmas. I'm literally trying to buy those things a meter outside my grasp. I can afford them. Why the fuck aren't you even letting me look at them? Because you're a snobby, 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 snobby woman. It just happens to be a woman. I'm not saying a woman's a woman. Right, right, right. She just... She, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you just don't... What, why? Because I've just walked in. Like, yeah. you don't like it. And like, especially now when you've got like the people made so much money on like internet companies or in England, you've got like footballers and they're like football agents. People don't wear Savile Row suits anymore. And like, 
they're, they're not the rich people. The rich person is probably wearing a standard hoodie from the Gap, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. They're like basic Reebok trainers, but that guy's got $90 billion worth of Bitcoin and flies about in a Gulfstream jet. Yeah. Like, you, you shouldn't judge people on what they look like. And, and yeah, it's one of the main things, I think, anyone who's ever going to work in customer service or if you ever deal with people, you've always got to remember, they're human. Like, treat them like you want to be treated. Be the customer you would like to be served. That's the way I always think about it. I love that. Okay. Well, hey, yeah. you, so you've, you've answered this before, but I want to know if it happened again. I think you said it was only the only time you had been fired. Um, you've only, have you only ever been fired once? Yeah. So the only time I've actually ever been fired, fired was, yeah, was the kitchen porter job. Okay. Okay. Because every other, so it sounds like you've had a lot of jobs, but most students have lots of jobs. Like that's just how it works. Yeah. Because by the time you've gone home for the holidays or something's happened, you had a part-time job that's instantly been filled and then you need to go and find another one as well. Okay. But yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, I, when I was at customer service, we were talking about tips earlier. Yeah. And receiving tips. So I worked at a restaurant. Do you have the trunk system? I don't, well, maybe, like, I don't know what that is. So, so you get the tips and then the tips don't go to the waiter. They get split between everybody who works there. We call it the pool. We call it a tip pool. Yeah, I yeah. hate, so I like, hate so, the tip pool. Yeah, so like, like, like the chef would get stuff. Yep. And that type of, yeah, and I remember I was working, I was working in a fish restaurant and I was waiting and I'd been obviously stupendously amazing. I was just doing my job. I was just nice to everybody. And I've got like a crazy, like, like for England, like a crazy fuck off tip. Like the bill might have been 120 quid and they've given me 50 quid, Woo! which is like amazing. Like that never, ever, ever happens, ever. Like you'd be lucky to get five pounds. Yeah. And I've gone to my boss, I've gone, mate, this is like, who's my friend? Like, that's incredible. Like I've just got a 50 quid tip. And he's gone, no, I've got a 50 quid tip. Your tips get paid in your salary and literally took the money off me. Are you shitting me? Yeah. So actually, so just going back to your previous story, was there a reason you never went back? Yeah, that was that's that happened. I never went back. He straight up stole from you. No, so what he so it's the way he phrased it badly. He's like, no, the tips go into the trunk system. They get split between everybody, and it'll go into a paycheck. The fact they've given it to you is irrelevant. But when he said it to me, he was like, yeah, that isn't your tip. That's our tip, and that actually just took the money out of my hand. I I would have been like, I understand in a tip pool like. It's very frustrating for that reason. If you work your ass off, especially out here, and they tip accordingly to you working your ass off, you're like, cool. But Jim over here who hasn't bust a table in six years and also barely talks to his tables is about to get runoff from me busting my ass. That's why yeah. I hate a tip pool system. It's like, and in that situation, it's like that 50 quid went to you. That was for yes. you. Literally, they gave it to me because they could have just done the tip on my credit card and on the bill. Yeah, I struggle with this because ethically I'm like, okay, I know that the cooks can't come out and get tips and like that's sort of not the the way the system is set up and maybe it's not fair that only the servers get to get the tips, but it's like, but you chose that job, boo. Like you could be working and having to customer interface and you don't ever have to deal with the customers. You get to tell them that they should die in a fire and they'll never hear it because you're in the kitchen screaming that. I don't have the luxury to tell these customers where to put it. I'm trying to dip, duck, dive, dodge to get my tips. It just, it's a, I don't know. I don't know where to fall on that sort of ethically. I just thought it was just like, I just think it was unneeded. He could have just explained yeah. it better. But I've had worse. That wasn't like the worst experience with a boss that's made me. You've reminded after you've asked the question, it's like 
in the week break we've had since the two episodes, it's um, it's all come flooding back to me. But I worked in a coffee shop on a train station. Yeah, in um, in, a, in a little town in Surrey. So like, it was like a four platform train station, and on each of the in one of the platforms they had a little coffee shop. And I worked there, and it was a great job because no one ever came in. <laughs> so it's like Ideal. you could just like your like friends would come in, you'd make them hot chocolates. Like it was great. And um, and it was the time just when mobile phones were becoming like like reasonable enough that you could afford one if you're a student. Mm. Because when they very first came out, like that only you know drug dealers and and city workers had them, and they were like the size of suitcases. Yeah. So when they actually got to the point where you could have them, and so I bought this phone off this manager who hired me, and he's begged me to come to work on a Monday. I was like, I can't do it. I've got lectures on a Monday, but he's like, please, 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 can you do it? He had, like came up with some bullshit reason he couldn't do it. And I was like, just once, right, okay, I won't go to school and I'll work, I'll do you a favor. Anyway, the train station was closed that day. So I've turned up to work and the train station's closed. And I've gone to the person, I was like, why is the train station closed? He's gone, why are you here? We told your manager that it was closed. Why haven't they phoned you? And I was like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So I phoned the guy up and I've gone, why didn't you tell me the train station was closed? You knew I had uni that day and so I could have gone and studied. But instead you've got me here and you're obviously not going to pay me because the shop wasn't open. He's gone, no, I couldn't phone you. I didn't have your number. And I went, I'm using the phone you just sold me. <laughs> How can you not have the number? And I was tempted to get the key, put it in the door and snap the key in the door. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like either all of me really wanted to I didn't do that in the end I just I left the keys with a guy guy on the um, on the station but I was like well, just what a dick move you've like tried to get me to do something giving me this mad fantastic reason you you can't do it but all of a sudden you've forgotten your own phone number in a day so you can't phone me to tell me but bad management ruins many things that's right like bad management can just destroy anything which is customer service like a bad way but a bad waiter um, can ruin the best food. That's right. But a brilliant waiter can make mediocre food brilliant. I agree with that because it's so yeah. much experiential. Like, yes, chefs have such an important part of the restaurant experience. Uh, totally, I'm not dishonoring how hard that work is. It's very, very hard. But I do think customer interfacing and creating the experience really is the heavy lifting. Like, that's yeah. it. Because you can a, a good a, a good um, a good waiter or, or waitress, like they can make any situation better, and if you don't necessarily need to comp things, everybody thinks, oh, you've got something. No, a smile, just a bit of understanding. If the kitchen tell you that it's going to take twenty minutes, and you go to the individual who you're serving and go, right, look, it's going to be brilliant when it comes out, but I want it to be brilliant, so it's going to take twenty minutes. The people go, oh yeah, sure, that's fine, no problem. I want it to be brilliant. You want it to be brilliant. We're all in this brilliance together, right? <laughs> it's, that is good to do. And the worst thing about bad service, bad service isn't necessarily about being rude. You can be overly serving and be bad. Yeah, I call it a death by a thousand thank yous. Mm, yeah. And um, I was in Vegas and there's a uh, famous casino with fountains. Mm, I wonder which one you're talking about. Go ahead. Keep and going. I've got a famous steak restaurant there. And... Um, um, I've got some good Vegas stories. We can take, tell some Vegas stories? Hell yeah, go for it. Yeah, cool, right. 
And so I'm there dining, and we've been told to go to this steakhouse. It's supposed to be the best steak place in in Vegas. Even though I've been like, every restaurant in America seems to be the best. I don't Isn't know, it? Maybe that's just a thing. We're hyperbolic here. Everything's the best. We're having the best yeah. time. We're doing the best work. We're the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you are all brilliant, by the way. I do, I do like, <laughs> like America. I've got I've got some odd American stories. I'll tell you. I'll tell you quick. Um, and we're we're in this dining room and. But generally, when I'm at a restaurant, if I want to enjoy the food, unless I'm doing like the tasting wines and like because it's paired together, they've put it together. I normally just drink water, but I'll just have like fizzy water because I want to taste the food. Sure. I don't want to, I don't want to be tasting the tequila from the margarita or whatever rum I've been drinking. I go to a cocktail bar, I drink cocktails. I go to a restaurant, I want to eat the food. And you literally took a sip out of the glass and put it down, and they were filling the water up. And I'm like, thank you. That's that's kind of you. That's nice, but I, I'm okay. I can actually do my own water. And after about the fifth time, I take a sip. They'd filled up again. I was like, "You trying to drown me? Like I've asked you really politely. Can you not? Can you not do this? I'm just trying to have like a quiet conversation with my uh, with my wife, and we're trying to enjoy our dinner. And the food's nice, but you keep coming over and asking us if everything's okay on the pretense of filling up water. Like you're you're smothering us. It's too much. You're actually. Yeah, you're actually making it worse. If you just sat politely, normally, like, you know, the waiters, they normally stand and waitresses, they, like, you stand around the outside and you look at everything. And then, like, you can catch somebody's eye with that little flick of your eyebrow, that type of thing. And an attentive waiter or server or whatever will, will come over. But it was like, you're just trying to get me to buy as many bottles of water as possible because you're annoyed I'm not drinking wine or something. Oh, I didn't think about and that. Like, and I was like, I just let me in enjoy my meal i know i'm in vegas i know i have to tip otherwise i'll get bad juju and um <laughs> everything will land on zero and double zero that's i know right. that i know that's i've right. been told right <laughs> um and yeah so like sometimes that over like trying to be overly zealous like overly caring you're like no you're actually making things worse death by a thousand thank yous if i've said thank you to you more than i've had a conversation with the person i'm dining with then that is not a good dining experience but yeah, there's two Vegas stories that jump out at me. Have you, you've obviously been to Vegas, obviously. I'm never. I don't know. What, where is this? Really? No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I've been there a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Teasing. So for anyone who's ever been to Vegas, um, up and down the strip, they these vans drive past and they advertise um, company. <laughs> How polite. How very variety. British of you. Yes. Company yeah, in the, the, in the nude. <laughs> of the female variety that allegedly can appear at your hotel room in 30 minutes or less. I don't know if it's like a pizza where you get a discount if they're longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> if they arrive you cold, you get a discount. Yeah. Free, right? yeah. <laughs> and um, we're walking down. We've just been to a show. I'll tell you this, the show stories after this. It doesn't work chronologically, but in funny it does. And um, we're walking down and there's these people and they hand out like the tickets, like the, the cards for you to phone these, these angels of the night to mm. turn up at your hotel room in 30 minutes or less. And you know when you like walk when you're a couple and you like walk arm in arm, yeah. You know, you know, because you know that's what you do. And so the guy's gone. So in front of us, there's a couple. We're walking behind, and the guy tries to hand a ticket, like one of the carts, the guy in front, and he like waves it away. But as he's waving it away, now his body is blocking his wife's girlfriend's body of the guy handing out the carts. So he then clicks his fingers subtly and does like this movement between his full finger and his thumb and he takes the card behind him puts it in his back pocket and just keeps walking Ooh. 
And I'm like, oh my God, did you just see that? That's, that's oh ridiculous. Oh my God, that's so gross. That is so gross. Yeah. Yeah, he obviously was then sending his um, sending his wife off somewhere so he could find out if the timekeeping was true. But um, <laughs> we went to um, we went to see the the Cirque du Soleil, the uh, one set of Beatles music. Oh, I forget what that was called, but yes, that was there for. I think yeah. it might actually still be there. It's uh, anyway. It's, anyway, it's yeah. an incredible show. It's an incredible show. Um, if you get a chance to see it, go. If I'm there, please give me free tickets. <laughs> right, and um, and we're there. And when, as you know, when I talk to him, I become even more English. Like I turn into like a Hugh Grant who spent less money on transsexual workers. And um, <laughs> not none, just less. <laughs> <laughs> you picked up that word in quick. I did. And, uh, and I'm chatting, and so so we're sitting down, and we're chatting to the people behind us. And um, I'm going. I'm really excited. Like, what are your favorite Beatles songs? Right. You know, usual discussions. Day in the life is the only answer acceptable. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously, everyone knows that. And um, we're talking about the musicianship, and I'm like, Ringo's hard done by. And I know why he's like the butt of all like the drummer jokes. But like, yeah. he actually was like really good. He like did perfectly for that band. They'd had a, you couldn't imagine John Bonham from Zeppelin and the Beatles like just wouldn't work together. Sure. The guy goes to me. He's gone. Do you know what? He's gone. You're right. Paul McCartney's guitar work in the Beatles is the reason I play guitar. And I'm like, Paul McCartney? It's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure Paul played guitar That's... yesterday. Like, and I'm sure like maybe on Hell of you might have played a bit of guitar, but famously he plays an Epiphone bass. That's what I thought. I was like, wait, I didn't think he played guitar. Right. right. And um, I'm sure Paul McCartney could play anything, but generally sure. in the Beatles, Harrison and Lennon played guitar. Unless it's on my my guitar, gently works. Eric Clapson plays on that. Don't worry. Different podcast. Different podcast. <laughs> we don't have time. Uh, we don't have time. And this guy has literally looked at me, and he's gone, "No, Paul McCartney was the guitarist in the Beatles." And I'm like, "No, I, I don't mean to be odd, but John Lennon and George Harrison were the guitarists in the Beatles." And he's like, "Listen to me, liming son." Right? And I was like, "What? I'm now being abused for being English?" He went. The Beatles were a pretty fucking big deal here in America, right? I know about the fucking Beatles. And Paul McCartney played fucking guitar, right? My wife is punching my leg. I've <laughs> stopped this Just uh, And I've just turned around and gone, do you know what, mate? You're right. I should have thought about it, shouldn't I? Because the Beatles were big in America. They couldn't sell a record in England, could they? <laughs> you passive aggressive ass. I love it so much. I love it. What did he say when yeah. you said that? Nothing. Of course. Nothing. What could he say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe like I, I attract I, I attract crazy people. And mm. go, we were on um, we're in New York and we're going to see the Statue of Liberty, which is obviously a beautiful thing. Like um, always, go and see it. Um, and where you get like a boat there. I always want to call it Liberty Island, but I might be wrong. Maybe no, it's, it's called Liberty Island. Island. Yeah, you take a ferry to Liberty yeah. Island. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you take a ferry to Liberty Island, um, and we're on there and we're looking we're looking at New York's landscape, which is obviously like iconic. Like if you, you're not there and you look at it, it's, it's iconic. And, um, and we weren't married at the time, but my wife goes, um, is that the Empire State Building? And I've gone so nonchalantly, shut up, there's no monkeys on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you would know if it was that building, if there would be monkeys climbing up and down, right? What a cheeky bastard you are. I've had a tap on the shoulder by this obviously mad person and gone um they weren't monkeys king kong was a godzilla no 
his have tails. No. And I've gone. No. I thank you for that bit of, bit of biological information about a creature that's never existed. <laughs> like King Kong, not real. What are you thinking? Not real. Not a not a thing to get upset about. Yeah. That's like getting mad about Harry Potter. Like, what are we doing? No. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Woo! Okay, so you. Uh, why? 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 Why come out with this story? I don't understand. Like, why? Why ask me this? Oh, why? Why? Sorry. Why correct me? On something that was clearly just, you know what comics are like, it's just like stupid, you thought of something funny, you're going to say it with conviction, right? That's the whole That's the whole deal. That's why comics generally are annoying as a group. Like, yes, yeah, this yeah, is because oh. of this shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, bless. Okay, so you did you ever correct your, wi- uh, your wife and say, like, you know that this is not where the Empire State Building is, right? Like, did you ever tell her? No. Okay, of course not. I was too busy finding out the... the uh, the, um, about the King Kong, of, uh, of, um, fictional creatures from mm. the movies. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I found out Godzilla actually has five nipples. I don't know. Who would have thought? I'm <laughs> changing the subject. Okay. <laughs> Can you give me last question in this section? An archetype of the worst customer, or the worst customer you've had to interact with? Like the ketamine thing was annoying, and the the like the guy at the the uh, car stereo place. Like you have you have had annoying stories. So if you can't think of a specific example, just like an archetype, who is the worst person to have to interact with? So, right, so the worst customer is somebody who's clearly trying to get free things and he's looking mm-hmm. for any excuse not to pay for anything. Yes, right? yes. And so they will moan about everything until you get to the point where you're like, fucking leave. Bye. Okay. Yeah. You can spot these customers. You can smell them. Yeah. You can literally, you can see them a mile away. Yeah. Because they will be the people who complain, who turn up late and complain their table's not ready. Yep. Well, good thing I wasn't here at seven because it's five past seven and it's still not here. And you're like, all right. Cool. Please remember, I'm just doing my job about your life. I don't really care that much about it. I want you to have fun whilst you're here. Sure. I want fabulous and then I want you to leave. That's it. Like, yeah, so anybody who's like going, they're trying to be as pernickety as possible mm. and they're purposely trying to get something for free. I hate those people. It's the same. They're the type of people, you know, when you go out with like a group of friends and you order food, it's yes. the person who gets out a calculator on their phone. Yes. And then, yeah, but you, you you were drinking this rum and that's 78p more over four drinks. That's like I a- should need to pay that. And you're like, we're not friends. Yeah, that's or, a... No matter how much fun we just had, you, you, ru- just you ruined it out of the room. Yeah. yeah. So any of those types of customers, but you know, just don't be a dick. It's that simple. Just don't be a dick. That's it. It's so easy. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed your appetizers and your entrees, and we hope you saved room for dessert because we're moving on. What was the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working? Oh, got me a new job. Any customer gets me new work. Really? Okay. Get, elaborate. Obviously, when you're like teaching, if you do a good job for a student, then you'll get like the recommendation. And any type of job you're in where it's that type of like short-term service industry. Yeah. Because remember, you're featuring somebody for like their SATs. When they finish their SATs, you don't need to teach them anymore. Right? Yeah. So... So you've always got to be so any customer that gets you more work or gets you a better job. So when I finished university, 
I worked for like an internet style of company. They did like domain names. Yeah. You know, like www.blah, blah, 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 blah. And I worked there and I did well. I, I was good at the job. And the, one of the people I worked with um, got a job as a stockbroker. And he liked me and he phoned me up and he was like, why are you there? Come here. And uh, like, so that wasn't necessarily a customer, it was a work colleague. But those people who help you get to a better job, like anybody who does that, you are golden. We love you. Keep it coming. Agreed. Okay. Um, the next question is the best tip you've ever gotten, but I would imagine it was that 50 quid that then got stolen from you immediately. Was that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be, that would definitely be the biggest tip. Okay. We did get some, um, I worked at quite a nice restaurant once and there was a guy who used to come in. This is a relatively sad story, but it's true. He went there um, every year on the anniversary of his wedding after his wife had passed away. Oh, bless him. He would go and that was her favorite restaurant. And he would like order in specially this crazy bottle of white wine, but that and it only came as a bottle. Like you couldn't buy half bottles, and it was an incredibly expensive white wine. Like it was many hundreds of pounds. Which remember twenty years ago when I used to do this job was like a really crazy amount of money. And um, and he would have like a glass or half a glass, and he would finish his meal. He was the loveliest, sweetest man. Everybody was told why he was there because it was set up for two. Oh, I'll cry. I can't deal. Right? It was set up for two, as in there was another seat there, um, but obviously food wouldn't be so. It wasn't like creepy like that. Sure. He would just eat, and there were two glasses, and a little bit was poured out where the wife would have been, and he would like have half a glass of this incredibly beautiful wine. He would have a main course, dessert, go home. <laughs> Yeah, he did this nicest thing ever. Um, I only worked there once whilst he was there because of my cyber work. But but what he said to the maitre d, he was like, "I would like you, everybody who works for my table, I would like them to get a glass of the wine because then I'll feel like I've had my meal with everybody." <laughs> and I always thought that was like the most touching thing a customer ever did because it was wine I could never have afforded or would even have understood at the time, and it was just like a genuine, honest gesture from somebody's heart and I think you can't beat that when it comes there you go that's oh, the real stuff I love that oh that's so lovely <laughs> well <laughs> what what's the best lesson that you've personally learned from working in customer service okay so that would be um yeah be the customer you would want to sell yeah. it's that simple it's so easy like, it is that simple and as, as we spoke about before you know on your to-do list of your day you're like, I've got to go to this shop, I've got to buy this, I've got to return this, I've got to buy this, I've got to research this, right? Yeah, that's your day, that's what you've got to do. But in that period, you're going to have interactions with other humans. And especially if you're going somewhere where somebody might have more information about what you're buying than you do, mm. like say with the car stereos, or if you're in any type of like job along those lines, I suppose if you work in like you're selling computers, it'll be the same thing. Yeah. Have a 20 second conversation. Because you might learn something you actually didn't know. Yeah. Instead of just walking in and being bullshit and being rude, like, yeah, it's your time and I respect your time. I want to do my job as efficiently as possible as well. But five seconds ain't going to make no difference to your life. And in five seconds, you can say, hello, please, thank you. That's it. Agreed with that. Okay. And what's one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? I would imagine it's probably similar, but do you have any other? No. Um, Remember, we're touching your food. 
<laughs> what a way to end. <laughs> well, Steve, is there anything else you wish people knew or anything, any other gems you want to throw in before we wrap up? Um, we'll save them. We'll save them for the next one. That sounds great. Well, well, should we, should we do a um, cocktails after dark one next time? That would be so fun. Yeah, we should. Yeah. yeah. We'll, um, we'll, 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 we'll go down to the, uh, the deep depths and get some, uh, proper stories out for next time. Oh, you know, people are going to want that. I'm going to get emails about yeah. this. So you've yeah. offered it, yeah. Steve. This is on you. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll do it soon. And when are you next in London? When are you going to come to one of my shows? Um, I'm, I'm hopefully there. I'm thinking after like January, February, that's what I'm aiming for, but I'll, yeah, I'll definitely let you know. If you come on January 21st, you can enjoy my 42nd birthday. Oh, okay. I'm going to write that down. January 21st. Yeah. January 21st. Okay, perfect. And, um, hopefully, hopefully we can create some stories and we can talk them on your podcast. That'd be amazing. Well, Steve, how can people get in touch with you? Like, can they, can they see you in London? I know you already did this outro yeah, last so, week, but tell us. Yeah. So, um, ha ha ha, Steve is my Instagram that will show whatever I'm currently up to. Um, and the two thousand cocktails will be restarting. The theater has just been refurbished. It looks absolutely super duper incredible. Um, I think, to be confirmed, I'm just waiting for the date, but we're going to do some Friday and Saturdays. We're going to raise some money for some local charities. And that's what we're going to look at doing as the new theaters reopens, get some more people there. And that will be a monthly ongoing thing. Um, I generally always go and see all the comics before they come on. So generally they've got like 10, 15 or 20 minutes. So a bit longer than the usual seven minutes comics get. That's awesome. So they've got time to tell their craziest stories. The idea of the stories you wouldn't want your parents knowing you did. That's the concepts. I love it. Of, of the evening. So, you know, have a nice large tequila, have a flaming Sambuca, sit down. This is some crazy stories. That's that's the night we want. And what's the postal code of that of that theater so people in well, London so that's can... That's Chelsea. That's Chelsea. generally the wonderful, yeah, the wonderful Drayton Arms Theater. Okay. Um, it's a beautiful place, beautiful place in the middle of Chelsea. So you can um, see all the flash cars right there. Oh, Chelsea. So nice. Well, folks, we're going to drop your text now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at service from hell, we'd love to have you subscribe, rate and review the show wherever you listen, but you're listening on Sirius right now. We're very appreciative of them and you, it will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind. And will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. If you want to get in touch with us here directly at service from hell, send us your receipts to service from hell podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Remember if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Steve, thank you so much for being here this was lovely you gave us two weeks of your time you're going to get so many new fans out of this and um yeah it was just it was really lovely everybody go see thank steve thank you so much thank you so much for letting me come on and i can't wait to see you again i can't wait to see you again in real life cheers steve lovely all right everybody thank you so much for listening good night So much for so much time. You, you were delightful. You were delightful. You got it. It's so. I, it's funny. I've I've done. I've just been lucky. I've had really good guests, like a bunch of weeks in a row, where I've gotten to make it a two parter.
All right, folks, that's going to do it for us with our Steve Main series. Steve, in his very posh London accent, had a residency on Service from Hell, and we are so grateful. He is so patient, and you should find him on all of the things, and also watch him do stand-up. He really knows how to work a room. Uh, You know, anybody who's been on television as many times as he has and had to wrangle a bunch of journalists trying to interrupt him and overtalk him knows what the hell they're doing in a room full of drunk hecklers. So that is Steve. Find Mr. Maine on all of the things. And thank you folks so much for listening. Enjoy this rainy outro. Good night.